2: How you doing this week? It's another Monday, and I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing good. I didn't overdo it this weekend. Last Monday, I was—I remember—I was tired. Um, I didn't overdo it this weekend, though. I actually had a romantic getaway with my husband. We got us a room. We went out of town. we got us a room, a hotel room. We had a nice dinner. and then we went to hear a man named Don Piper tell his testimony. He was speaking at a church in in uh, Knoxville, and he was sharing his testimony about how he died in a horrible car accident. Um, he was hit by a hit by an oncoming truck, head-on, basically. And the truck rolled over his vehicle. And how he died in that accident. And how um, he was pronounced dead at the scene. And he was gone, basically dead, for 90 minutes. And he tells his story about how, during that time, he went to heaven. So we got to go and listen to his powerful, powerful uh, testimony. And it was just refreshing and encouraging. Now, of course, when I get back home on Sunday and we're relaxing and unwinding and um, took woke up from a nap, um, we turned on the TV and what do I see? But um, some very troubling things on TV last night. Just, uh, I don't know if my husband was flipping channels or what, but somehow we came up on a show and of course, you know me? I didn't write down the name of the show and <laughs> um but i watched we watched it, and the show was about sex trafficking and teen age prostitution and I've been hearing a lot about this um lately, actually, in the past year, I would say I've been hearing a lot about this on different um uh Christian shows as well as secular shows and this one was just on on you know regular secular station and so of course it was it was disturbing and it was um troubling you know of course if any of you have listened to my shows, then you know what we talk about on this show and how we deal with issues of abuse um sexual abuse and um and and I will be talking more about how to overcome sexual abuse, but, you know, it's definitely related to what I talk about on this show. And as I was watching the the stories of some of the young ladies, because they were telling their stories and how they eventually got out of the, um, the prostitution rings that they were... Um, forced into or tricked into or some of them were even kidnapped into so of course they were forced into it but I you know started trying to analyze some of their their stories and I couldn't come up with satisfactory answers for some of some of the stories because you know they're just there's they're complicated and sometimes you know you want to say, well, they should have done this, or someone should have done that, or how come this? And, and so I was just trying to kind of, you know, analyze some of their situations. And of course, you compare them to your own. But then, you know, the Lord just kind of reminded me, these things are consistent with humanism. You know, it's what I've—it's what I've been saying. Basically, these things, as horrible as they are, as atrocious as they are, they are consistent with being. It's consistent with human nature. They happen all the time. There are situations and stories. For example, you know, when we watch the story on the. Uh, situation that happened in Rwanda um, between the two different, um, I don't know if I should say uh, tribes, but the two different uh, ethnicities in Rwanda, uh, how there was not only genocide, but there was also the women were being raped and pillaged and, you know, just horribly treated like they were less than human. Um, We hear stories about that during wartime, you know, like during Vietnam. We heard stories about the same things happening. um, Soldiers being accused of raping and pillaging the women, you know, and, and other wars. And so really and truly it is consistent with human nature. We live in a society, though, that, that separates us from this most of the time. You know, it's not front-page news. It's not something that you hear about all the time. So um, our awareness of it, you know, is, is minimized. Most of us just don't think about it on a regular basis. And our society tries to paint the picture that man is quote unquote good, you know, in spite of the truth, in spite of what the word of God says. And I think that's why I started, I started feeling troubled because I'm trying to rationalize it through, you know, my, my human mind and my human senses and trying to analyze some of these things. But these things are consistent with human, the sinful human nature, and if you give men and women, and in these cases, these were men who were the pimps, you know. And in the war situations, most of those were men who were, who were doing this raping and this pillaging. And if you give them the opportunity and you take the restraints off, a lot of men are going to do these kinds of things because their sinful nature drives them to it. Now, of course, we know that there's other things involved. Often, you know, um, I'm not even going to get into all that. But anyway, Don reminded us that heaven is real. And you know what? If it weren't for that, and if it weren't for my knowing Christ, the realities and the harshness of this life would really leave me and some and lots of other people hopeless because this this is the harsh reality of the world that we live in you know if the news covered all of the horrible things that are happening in in the world not just the rape and the abuse but just all of the horrible things that are happening in this world i don't think any of us would still be optimistic or hopeful but we just don't really get to see it for what it is. We see it in spurts, you know, we see it in the news highlighted here and there, or we see it more concentrated in certain cities, but globally this stuff is happening people. And you know what? I am glad that I have hope in the word of God. I'm glad that the word of God tells me that this is the reality. That this is the nature of man. And that without Christ, this is what you should expect to see. We shouldn't be like amazed by it. Or I can't say we shouldn't be troubled by it because we should be troubled by it. But we wouldn't be startled or surprised. We would be prepared and expecting of it. And we would know that it is It is only because of the grace of God. And I believe because of, you know... The fact that there are righteous people in the U.S., you know, there are, there are righteous people, there are Christians, and I'm talking about true believers, that, that live the Word and not just believe the Word, but live, live it, you know, that are praying, that are interceding, that are standing in the gap for others. So I am glad I have hope in the Word of God and and because of that hope and because that's where I get my inspiration and my insight from, we are going to continue in the word of God tonight. We're going to continue talking about rape. We're going to go to go to the word in order to do that. And I have to tell you that, um, I know we've been leading into this and we've been talking about how women put themselves in unsafe positions all the time. And, uh, Now, tonight, I'm going to go into a little bit more depth about what the scripture says. And I and I struggled a little bit with um, having to or feeling the obligation to discuss this segment because I know that it's not easy to digest. I know that for the human mind and the humanistic mind, it is not easy to digest, but we're going to go to a break. And we're going to come back and we're going to go into the word. Now, I'm the break. (laughs) My husband is not with me tonight. So during this break, I just wanted to remind you all, I think I told you early on that I was working on a second book. And it's called Overcoming Sexual Abuse. And um, I'm excited that it is in the design process right now. Um, I approved the cover for the book, I believe, on Friday, so things seem to be going well. And in that book, I actually talk about how to overcome sexual abuse. I talk about the process, and I will be letting you know as soon as as it goes live. All right? So look forward to it.
1: Has the tragic past shattered your future or your now? Don't let it. This is I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm free with Minister Diane Jones. And we'll be right back after these. Everyday Autism Miracles with Shannon Penrod. Friday afternoons at 2, 1 central on toginet.com. Life after an autism spectrum diagnosis doesn't have to be difficult. It can be joyful, happy, and filled with hope. Join Shannon Penrod, author, speaker, coach, and mom of a six-year-old recovering from autism for this inspirational Hour of Hope. She's even authored a series of children's autism books with her son, Jim. For more information about the books, Shannon, and Everyday Autism Miracles, go to our website, shannonpinrod.com. From there, you can also get to her other websites, blogs, and connections. On Everyday Autism Miracles, you'll hear stories from parents whose children have made miraculous strides. You'll also get the inside dish on therapies, treatments, supplements, and how to get funding to help you afford them. Miracles abound in the autism community. So tune in for Everyday Autism Miracles to listen, share, laugh, and surround yourself with hope. Everyday Autism Miracles with Shannon Pinrod. to team driving. TuggyNet.com.
0: Thank God I am free. I am free.
1: Welcome back to I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm free on TuggyNet.com
2: Like it or not, they must take responsibility for their decisions. And we are going to continue talking about that tonight. Last week, I asked you to go to Leviticus. You know, I kind of in my own cute little way said I was giving you a homework assignment. Um, Go to Leviticus 18, that's chapter 18, verses 5 through 30. And that was just because I wanted you to have a little bit of background about how God how God tells us to behave sexually, how he, the, the parameters that he gave mankind to operate within regarding sex. And that, most of that chapter is talking about unlawful sexual relations. And it is talking about incest uh it's telling you you know things like um let's see none of you shall approach to any that is near of kin to him, to uncover their nakedness, I am the Lord. The nakedness of thy father, or the nakedness of thy mother, shalt thou not uncover. She is thy mother, thou shalt not uncover her nakedness. The nakedness of thy father's wife shalt thou not uncover. It is thy father's nakedness, the nakedness of thy sister, the daughter of thy father, or daughter of thy mother, whether she be born at home or born abroad, their nakedness thou shalt not uncover so I'm not going to read it all because that was actually your assignment but but it's talking about unlawful sexual relationships and it's giving us a very very in-depth descriptive insight into how God sees these things and how if we did those things if Mankind did those things that the punishment for those things was death. It was banishment or scourging, you know, so the punishment for those things were quite severe. And like I said last week, it's not because God is standing over our heads, you know, with a hammer trying to beat us down. But I believe the punishment was so severe because the devastation and the damage and the uh, ill effects that come from this behavior are so great. The effects are so great. And so he was trying to drive the point home that if you live this way, It's going to be your own demise. And I want you to know, and I want you to emphasize to your children, teach your children not to do these things. Teach them so that when they grow up and and they get husbands and wives, they'll know how to conduct themselves when it comes to sex. Sex is the essence of life. Life comes from sexual relations and yet we in our society and not just in ours in human nature when mankind rebelled against God and the ways of God and the laws of God we have tried to reduce sex to merely a physical act and we lie and try to tell people and the public and children. And, you know, we try to say that these things aren't that important anymore. We try to paint, society tries to paint the opposite picture of the devastation that really comes from abusing sex, having sex with People, you know, like in the case of incest, that you are too legally close to to marry, you know, like your son, your daughter, your uh, brother's wife or your, you know, sister's husband, things of those nature, those natures. Um, The punishment for those things was death, banishment or scourging. Okay? Even though Christians today, even though we're no longer obligated to punish those who do such things in the same manner as they did under the Torah and as they did under the law, it is still important to point out that God still classifies these behaviors as abominations. I was on a website the other day and I was just... You know again, I would have been troubled. I would have been disturbed had I not put it all in perspective, but there was um uh, I forget what this man's title was. He was some sort of a minister, a clergy official of some sort, and he was speaking on the behalf of his denomination, and he was coming against preachers and ministers calling homosexuality lesbianism, which, as I have stated before, the Bible calls unnatural and confusion, and uh, it describes it as one losing the natural affections that God has given them. Um, And he came against those things. He came against those terms, and he was saying that we as ministers and as preachers should stop telling people that these are abominations, that we should stop trying to convince them that God considers this an abomination. And I thought, wow, (laughs) what in the world is the world coming to? But Satan disguises himself as an angel of light and he perverts the truth, just like he perverts sexuality Just like he perverts the very act that brings life into the world, he perverts the truth. And he's going to use whatever source, whatever mouthpiece he can to try to convince people, you know, of his lies and this man was an absolute agent of satan of course now he was professing to be a godly man but how can you profess to be a godly man and go against the word of god that's that's a lie that's just an outright lie he would do better to say i'm not a minister i'm not a preacher or pastor or whatever at least not for god and this is how i feel about the subject but instead he wants to take and distort the word of god God is still, the scriptures say, that he changes not. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Although we have grace through the blood of Jesus Christ, that grace is only applied to those who have accepted Christ as Messiah. So God is still going to judge those very harshly who commit such acts unless they repent and are born again. God has not changed his standard. He did not say this book that I'm, you know, the, the Bible and my word, I'm only giving it to you for a season. He didn't say it was only good for 2,000 years or, you know, uh, 2,100 years. He didn't, he didn't put a time limit on it, people. He, he does not change. And these behaviors, incestuous behaviors, rape, uh, uh, pedophiles, uh, fornication, adultery, those that commit such things, they are still going to be judged harshly, people. And, And you know what? Even if they repent and are forgiven of their sins, there are, there are still consequences to our actions. They will still have to deal with the consequences of their acts in some way or another. Because when you commit certain things and certain acts, you set into motion... You know, it's like a cause and effect sort of a thing. The scriptures say that you reap what you sow. You know, so even though, like, for example, in my life, even though I had good cause to feel angry and to rebel, you know, with the Lord in my mind, I had good cause. I was justified that I was angry, you know, about the abuse that happened in my life. And I was justified that that I hit rock bottom and I felt Upset about it, but it did not change the fact that when I rebelled, when I rebelled against God's plan and against God's word, I still had to suffer the consequences. God didn't stop that. He, he, he restored me, and he restored my faith in him, and he reassured me that it was not his plan and his desire for me to be hurting like I was hurting and suffering like I was suffering. But it didn't stop the consequences of some of the things that I chose to do. I still had to walk through those things. I still had to walk through those things. And by the grace of God, he pulled me through those things. And so that's kind of what I'm trying to say is that, yes, uh, it's necessary. It's vital to your spirit and to your to to your relationship with God that you repent. But even in repenting, there's going to be some consequences, which is why it's better that you just don't do it. If you're doing it, it's better that you stop, that you call on the name of the Lord now and say, Lord, what must I do to be saved? How can I overcome my own lustful, you know, desires, my own lustful struggles, my own bondage? And just when I'm getting good, we got to go to break and I'm the break. I am the break. I want to thank my sponsor, Equipping the Saints Ministries, home based in Maryland. You can email us at vir2us1 at verizon.net. If you want to write us, email us. Give us your thoughts.
1: Has the tragic past shattered your future or your now? Don't let it. This is I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm free with Minister Diane Jones. And we'll be right back after these.
0: The American Rock and Roll Countdown with Alex Price.
1: Now this Saturday morning, we're going to count them down one more time from number 40 all the way to number one. With the official classic hits countdown, the American Rock and Roll Countdown. We'll count down the biggest hits of the 70s with interviews and artist information, news, weather, sports, you name it, we'll have it this Saturday morning, 9 o'clock Eastern, right here on net for the American Rock and Roll Countdown. The
0: American Rock and Roll Countdown.
1: a part of Pat Sloan's Creative Talk Radio. Her goal is to inspire you to be creative every day. Pat Sloan's Creative Talk Radio, Monday afternoons at 4, 3 Central, on toginet.com. Pat lives and breathes being creative through her quilt design business, but her creativity and interests have no bounds. On her show, she'll be introducing us to guests through interviews and talks that have a creative life. We'll learn more about what goes on in the world of quilting. And since Pat, like many of us, is creative in many ways, she'll also introduce us to creative people and other crafts like knitting, crochet, paper arts, and lots more. Pat is also an author, a lecturer, designer, and cheerleader of many. She's tried her hand at making almost everything you can think of and does many crafts to keep her inspired to create. Check out her website patsloan.com. What makes Pat most happy is to inspire others to be creative every day. So join us for Pat Sloan's Creative Talk Radio. Monday afternoons at 4, 3 central on toginet.com.
0: Thank God I am free I am
2: People, we are talking about rape, and we are talking about what God has to say about it, and what the Word of God has to say about it, and what it boils down to, what it boils down to for me is that God's standards and what He wants for us, what He wants for mankind, you know, is so much better and so much more than what we want for ourselves, in our ignorance, we think that we can do it better, that we can revise it, that we can come up with a better plan. And, and we don't realize that what he initially wanted for us was lost in the garden, you know, when man rebelled against him. So then after that, he said, okay, I better give my people some guidelines, I better give my people some guidelines so that they won't destroy themselves now that they've got all this knowledge. See, this knowledge that they didn't have initially, this knowledge of good and evil. See, now they're going to be responsible for this knowledge in ways that they didn't expect. So I better give them some guidelines. I better give them some parameters to work within so that they don't destroy themselves. So according to God, being a virgin... You know, being chaste, remaining chaste, remaining pure until you were wed, until you were married, was so important, was so valuable. If a woman was a virgin, if she was engaged, if she was basically, you know, a productive, chaste, motive, modest young lady, you know, in those times, of course, she would probably be someone working in the field, um, working in working around the the household in the home if, if if this if this young lady was was modest and chaste and she was a virgin and a man forced himself on her he rapes her you know he finds her alone and, and he rapes her he would be put to death because that's how important and how valuable it was to God that those qualities in a woman, and not just in a woman, but in a man, but how, how those qualities be preserved. That's how strongly he felt about the fact that it should not happen. That, uh, that, that she was not to be violated under any circumstances. And if she was, that man was to be put to Death. That's a pretty strong statement to me. Nowadays, you know, we, we, of course, we, we, our laws don't, don't usually work that way. You know, you might, you probably get some prison time and you can be a repeat offender. You can be a repeat sexual offender, actually, and you can do a little bit of time and you can get out. But God, it was so important to God That he said that man was to be put to death. The man alone. Okay. That's if she was a productive, virtuous, chaste woman. This situation also required that the woman cry out. She basically had to cry out. She had to holler, scream. She had to call for help. She had to tell on her attacker. There was none of this. I don't want to say anything because I'm afraid or because, you know, I was intimidated. No, she had to give up the goods. She had to cough up the information and cry out and yell for help because it had to be understood that she was not consenting, that she was not under any circumstances going along with this. Okay, and that's one of the reasons why I talk about in my upcoming book how if you have been molested, if you have been raped, that you need to tell someone. This is one of those sins, and this is one of those areas that we cannot continue to empower the perpetrators or Satan, the enemy. We cannot continue to empower him with our silence that only makes it easier for him to continue or them to continue to repeat the acts. Biblically, this woman had to cry out. It was a requirement. Okay, Now, if a man found a young girl, a damsel, a virgin, he rapes her, she tells And it is learned that she is not engaged to anyone. The man was required by law. If she wasn't already espoused, if she wasn't already promised to someone, the man was required by law to pay a fine to the girl's father and to marry her. Now I'm, I'm fine with this now in my life. You know, but I I knew that when I came on the air to talk about this and people who might be hearing it for the first time, they might have a little bit of issue with that because it seems it seems kind of like what? What? She gets raped by this dude and then she has to pay. He has to pay a fine and marry her. okay? but he did. He had to marry her. He had to make up. He had to make up for violating her by taking care of her and providing for her. And you may think, well, how does that make up for the violation? Okay. But he had to He had to take care of her and he had to provide for her. This, like I said, this passage of scripture used to infuriate me. I'm fine with it now, but as a young person and, and before I was delivered and healed of my own abuse this scripture used to infuriate me when I was a young teen I thought it 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 is biased I thought it was sexist you know why would she have to marry this guy but that was before I was healed of my own violations, of my own sexual violations, and before I matured in my understanding of God's intent concerning this manner matter, I don't believe now. I don't believe that God is saying that someone who is brutally violated, you know, like some of these stories that you hear of, of just horrible, you know, beatings and, and sexual violations. Um, I don't believe that He's saying someone who's brutally violated had to marry her attacker. I don't think that's what he's saying. I believe he's saying that if a woman is forced into the sexual act, uh, that, that she had to be compensated She, she, this was a way of her being compensated by her honor being restored to her and provision being made for her. Because in those times, you know, if you weren't a virgin, first of all, you were, you were tainted. If you weren't a virgin, then you were not considered good for anybody else to marry. You know, no one else was just going to just gonna up and want you because they knew how serious it was to, to, to be unchaste. So making him provide for her meant that she wasn't going to have her, her, her virtue destroyed and her essence robbed of her. She wasn't going to be left devastated, you know, and trying to overcome this physical and spiritual and emotional attack and then on top of that no man was going to want her so she was then going to be deprived of the love of a, of a man and of a family and all the things that should come with a sexual relationship. He was not allowed to treat her like a whore basically. He was not allowed to treat her like a whore by walking away from her once he stole her virginity. So he had to compensate her. Now, you know, someone can get convicted of rape and they can do time, but as far as I know, there's no there's no restitution to the woman herself most of the time. There is nothing... Done to put her life back together as far as that man is concerned. He has no further obligation or responsibility to her. Okay. But as far as God was concerned, he was not allowed to treat her like a whore by just walking away after he had done what he wanted to do with her. If he did not marry her, she would not be suitable for any other man. She would bring the bondage of the rape and of that man and what that man had done to her into any new relationship and people that is still happening, even with casual sex, even with casual sex, not even talking about rape, but even with casual sex, those memories... Those soul ties, those uh, emotions are often carried into a marriage, carried into the next relationship. You have the images, you have the, 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 you, you just carry the bondage of it. And, and, and in the cases of a lot of marriages, molestation, rape will, will destroy the marriage, because the bondage is so great. The fallout, the residual is so great, it ruins the woman to a point where she can no longer relate to her husband or the other people in her life. So this implies to me that the abandonment would cause just as much or more trauma than the rape alone to be raped and then to be abandoned and to be tossed aside like you're a whore and like you're nothing, like you're just a piece of trash. The abandonment would cause just as much or more trauma than the rape alone. Therefore, it was not permitted. God did not permit it to be so. And I bet you, and I know that they didn't have as many rapes in, in, in that time when God first instituted the Levitical laws. I, I don't, they didn't have as many rapes. Incest wasn't something that was just rampant. It wasn't just happening, people. And here come the tunes. <laughs>
1: Has the tragic past shattered your future or your now? Don't let it. This is I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm free with Minister Diane Jones. And we'll be right back after these.
0: Show me the money!
1: Okay, we will. We're going to teach you how to tell your money where to go. It's Intelligent Investing with Pam Otten This is the financial advisor who's in your corner and truly understands and cares about you and helping you achieve your goals. Securities and advisory services are offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA, SIPC. It's Intelligent Investing with Pam Otten Recognized speaker to parents and child care professionals and author of the award winning The Birth to Five book. From Fox 4 in Kansas City to schools and synagogues to businesses to bookstores, conferences to churches, audiences rave that Brenda engages, educates, and encourages. For more information on Brenda and her books, check out her website, brendanixon.com. The Parents' Plate is loaded with information and affirmation. The Parents' Plate with Brenda Nixon. Tuesdays at 10 a.m. Eastern, 9 a.m. Central on toginet.com.
0: Thank God I am free. I am.
2: Before the break, we were talking about what the Bible has to say about rape, um, whether the woman was chased or not. Uh, it did make a difference as far as what the punishment was, as far as what the repercussions were. And I mentioned how that um, some of the punishments for unlawful sexual relations such as incest or or like we're talking about rape, the punishment was death, the punishment was banishment or scourging. And it's important to stress to you that these laws and these statutes were intended to be a deterrent. The point of it all and the idea behind it was that they would be a deterrent. Not that God just wanted to put people to death and just, you know, brutalize or or banish or scourge them, but that it would deter people from living this way. Because the consequences, again, of living this way were devastating to a society, devastating to a community, devastating to the home, devastating to a marriage. There was nothing good that would come out of living immoral. And God knew it. So it was intended to be a deterrent. Wow. Again, I realize that we as Christians, that me as a Christian, you know, that I, that we're no longer bound by the law, by the Torah, to carry out the punishments. You know, it's not up to me to go put someone to death if, if, if they're found guilty of rape. I mean... Under the law, and depending on what state you're in, if there's, if there's, a, you know, if there's a death penalty because the crime was so heinous, then that's, that's under the law, and that's actually according to biblical law. But I know that I'm not bound as an individual to go out and do that. And actually, that's not the way it was even back then. Back then, you know, there were still court systems. Um, Moses. Judge, judge the issues between people. And, um, you know, so there was still a system in place for it. It wasn't supposed to just be revenge. But anyway, I know we're, we're not bound to carry out those punishments listed um, also in Deuteronomy for the sins that others commit. But I also know that God's character has not changed. His laws are the same. I have to say that only through the only reason that I don't have to carry those things out or perhaps like my family doesn't have to carry those things out is because the blood of Christ through the acceptance of Jesus Christ as our Messiah by the shedding of his blood. We are protected from the punishment of God's loss by by Christ coming at the bidding of his father and because he wanted to please his father and because God said, I've got a plan. I've got a plan in spite of how the enemy came against God's original plan for mankind and he destroyed what they had in the Garden of Eden by, by by you know deceiving them and of course they went along with it. But God said, I have a plan for overcoming. I have a plan for for mankind somehow being able to escape the punishment that is due them the punishment that is justifiably theirs and that was through his son jesus christ through the shedding of his blood we are protected from the punishment of god's laws if it was not for christ people and this is where the hope comes in you know my my um infomercials about the show says i'm going to tell stories of hope and and offer encouragement and and words of instruction for people to overcome abuse in their own life well this is where the hope comes in the hope comes in in knowing that through christ we can confess we can confess our own sins our shortcomings and we can be protected from the punishment that is really and truly due us. You know, the person who is having casual sex, the person who is a sex offender, the person who has raped, you have the hope through Christ. You can come to Christ in prayer and you can say, Lord, please forgive me. Please Wash me, cleanse me of my sins. Otherwise, that punishment, that death, that banishment, that scourging is still due you. And although you may not ever get caught in the natural sense... You're gonna still, God is still keeping a ledger, He's still keeping account in the heavenly accounts, and you will still have to pay the price by being eternally separated, eternally separated from God in the end. In the end, so if it were not for Jesus, we would have no access to God the Father at all. Under the Levitical laws. This was just the way it was. This is what you had to. If you were foolish enough. Demon possessed enough. Crazy enough. Whatever you want to call it. If you were determined to go against the laws of God. And try to bring this havoc on your community. God said this is how they were to deal with you. They were to punish you by death, basically cut the cancer out, cut the cancer out, you know, rid the community of the cancer because God knew he knew more than we knew that some people will never be healed and restored and and repentant of this kind of behavior. Some people, no matter what you do say or whatever, they will not repent. They will not come back around they will you know if they were ever if they were ever together in the first place maybe some of them were never together in the first place i mean they they just from birth from birth they they were evil (sighs) i'm getting kind of worked up here let me calm myself down my point is is that god does not tolerate sexual immorality he doesn't tolerate it he didn't tolerate it then he still doesn't tolerate it but it is only because of the blood of Jesus Christ and 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 his blood is not just automatically applied to every and anybody you know there's so many people thinking that no matter how you live and no matter what you do in life that when when you die they're going to put you in heaven they're going to they're going to You know, go to your funeral and they're going to say, you know, uh, he was a good man or she was a good man. I mean, (laughs) that is just not the truth of the scripture. And I am here to tell you the biblical and the spiritual perspective. Because we have so much humanistic, so much, you know, secular and earthly knowledge and opinions, Going around and flying around about this and that and the other. But I am here because I am committed to and obligated to tell you the spiritual and the biblical perspective. God does not tolerate sexual immorality. He doesn't, people. He doesn't. It's going to cost you in this life. It's going to cost you dearly. And it's going to cost you in the next life. I have, I have a few minutes here. I just remembered how um, the Lord had, had. Uh, I can't remember, well, I think actually someone had shared this dream with me. I think they said they had a dream and they shared this dream with me. And they said in this dream, there was a, a young man or several young men who had on red uh, I'm just going to say it, red, my husband would say draws, <laughs> but red underwear in this dream. They didn't know who this person was, but they just saw this person with these red underwear on. And they wanted to know what I thought about that dream. You know, they were trying to have, get an understanding, get an interpretation about that dream. And when they said it to me, it just kind of pricked in my spirit that the Lord was saying that whoever that person was, Whoever it was, they were being driven and being controlled by their inflamed passions. The red represented their passions, and their passions were in their their loins, in their groin. And because of that, because of their promiscuity and their uncontrolled passions, it was robbing them of the very... um, Things that they truly in their heart wanted in in life. They really and truly wanted to be married. They really and truly wanted a family. They really and truly wanted children. But because of their promiscuous lifestyle, their inflamed passions, they were they couldn't have it. And they didn't understand this. And God wanted me to actually tell this person to share that with that individual that people when you live immorally when you when you live carefree and and just give yourself to anybody and you know you you abandon or reject the ideas and the concepts and the statutes of god really and truly you are robbing yourself you are robbing yourself, you are abusing yourself, and you are robbing yourself of the very things that God has for you. He actually desires to see us whole. He actually, he said that he would, that we would prosper and be in good health even as our soul prospers. That is what he truly wants for us. That's what he truly wants for us. It's what he's always wanted for us. And if you will stop and consider it, then maybe you'll experience the beauty that he has for you. Amen. Until next week, think about it. Love much. Thank mm-hmm. you.